Well, folks, today I'm going to be sharing a Christmas word with you, and I'm calling this King of Peace. In the days after the birth of John the Baptist, Caesar Augustus, who was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, decided to do a census and register every person in the known world. Caesar Augustus was the emperor who established what's called the Pax Romanus, the Peace of Rome, a 200-year era of worldly political peace under the rulership of Rome, which allowed the gospel to spread into the whole world. As the empire of Rome comprised over 20% of the population of the known world at that time. Everyone had to go to their place of birth to be registered. So Joseph had to take Mary back to Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. The scriptures had prophesied that the true king of peace would be born in Bethlehem at that very time, in a small village nearly 5,000 miles distance from the place of Caesar Augustus in Rome. So there were two kings being honoured a long way apart from one another on that day, in that time. And we read in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem Ephrata, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days, Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labour has given birth to a son. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be our peace." That's a beautiful prophecy. Over 700 years had to wait to be fulfilled. So Joseph and Mary were sent to the right place at the right time for the birth of Jesus, fulfilling that beautiful prophecy of his birthplace as his becoming the king of peace. So Joseph walked behind the donkey that carried his wife. He was getting weary and the journey was tiresome for Mary. And he knew he had to get his wife to the place of his family's household and out of the cold. So the time was getting close for her to give birth. They finally arrived at the family home where they were warmly welcomed and invited inside. The dwelling complex was the usual cluster of rooms surrounding a central courtyard and it became clear to Joseph that the house was overcrowded and that all the guest rooms were occupied. The word for guest rooms in the Bible is kataluma, and this is the word for inn that you read about in Luke chapter 22, which states in that narrative that there was no room at the inn. Simply means there was no room at the place of the guest rooms, which was here in the family home. 
So we're not talking about two travellers trying to book into a local tavern that had already filled its quota in a busy season. They did not have to go and look for a stable in some paddock up the road. What the story is saying is that Joseph and his wife would have to stay in the stable of the family home downstairs in that warm place where the animals slept and fed. Joseph saw the signs of the oncoming birth in the drawn face and the discomfort in Mary's eyes and he settled her as quickly and gently as he could. A mother sweated through her mother pain and a baby cried its baby cry of shock as it entered the world. The smile upon father's face in heaven became a laugh of joy which was echoed by Joseph in the earth who would now adopt the role of the child's earthly father. Loving mother hands washed the newborn child in a water trough. On earth, it was the natural and familiar scene of a new birth. In the universe, it was the most supernatural of any birth in history. It was also ordained that this birth would become the most celebrated event for all time celebrated annually by millions upon billions down through the ages, many of whom had no idea and still don't why or what they are really celebrating about. Nearby, where shepherds were looking after their sheep on the hills, a huge shining star having reached its zenith was lighting up the entire night sky. The shepherds looked up in wonder at this light and suddenly the lights of shining angels dazzled them and they became terrified and ran and huddled together. The angel Gabriel appeared above them, sent to tell them of the birth of Jesus. He told them not to be afraid and that he had great and marvellous news for them, for all the world to hear. He told them that they would find a child, the newborn king of the universe, God the Saviour, wrapped in simple clothes in a nearby stable. Suddenly, Gabriel was joined by a multitude of angels as the brilliant night sky resounded with their voices singing and they listened enraptured at the magnificent words. The glory of God is being seen in the heavens and his love and goodness is creating a new era of peace for all mankind. Their singing of this new creation was the magnificent sequel to the song of the first creation, where it says in the book of Job, chapter 38, how the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So this was like another creation, the new creation. When the singing had stopped and the angels had left, they were guided to the place where this extraordinary and singular event was taking place in the earth. These simple shepherds became the emissaries to the world of the birth of this king of kings, this child. And all who heard them were astounded and amazed. A great light shone that night. The light shone upon a newborn child who would bring light into this world to every person born into this world. And it says that in John chapter 1, verse 9, that he lights up every person born into this world. What a beautiful scripture that is. And that's the Holy Spirit. 
And this light would be contested by darkness as always. But the conflict now rose to a new height. Time waited for the outcome, the verdict, the final encounter between light and darkness on a cross, one dark and stormy day that was yet to come. Time would wait until Father was ready. Then this light would be able to overcome darkness in every single life. God with us means more than just alongside us. It means he is within and through our being. And more than that, we are within and through his being. This is how we get to know God. Holy Spirit speaks into our spirit, the mind and the words of Jesus. And we see and know Jesus in this way. Faith lets us speak to him as a person, person to person. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, it says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you in everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. This does not mean that we disregard scriptural teaching. This scripture simply makes alive and real the personal and individual whisper of God into our spirit as the wisdom and understanding of the mind and heart of God that we need in any given situation and in any given time, not just in church listening to a sermon. This is what is God saying? You don't ring a helpline and say, I'd like some advice, please. The Holy Spirit is there. I'm not discounting asking for advice either, but what I'm saying is that what is available because of this wonderful moment of the joining of God's life with our life is direct communication with the Holy Spirit who teaches us what to do in that moment because we've come to know the ways of God. And that becomes the light to our path. That word from God allows us to express our unique and truest self in the best possible way. Somebody that's been transformed and growing more like Jesus. That is our faith. Christmas waits to be truly celebrated. Without Christmas, there is no way we could ever have known God and become one with him. So the Lord bless you all. Bless those that you know and love this day. In Jesus' name, amen.